Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Booze Boys and Bucks. So, I know times are crazy right now. I am filming this mid-pandemic, so um, this will probably go up in a couple of weeks because I am a little delayed on my podcasting. With that said, I wanted to start this episode by telling you guys that I am here for you if you guys need someone to talk, if you guys just need to vent, and if you guys need a little distraction, I hope this podcast can be it. Um, I hope most of you, if not all of you, are safe in your homes and have a home to be in that feels safe, um, and that you're also thinking about and doing what you can for the people who's who either can't stay home or who have a difficult home situation or don't have a home. So with that said, let's go to a little lighter note, which I guess is also pandemic related. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the strain in my life that this has put, which is not to say that it's been a huge strain. I consider myself very privileged in this whole situation. But it did kind of take everything that I had planned for my life in general, not just this year, and flip it upside down. So as you know, if you've been listening to my podcasts, I have been in London this year. I moved there beginning of the year. So 2020 was supposed to be the year that I was going to move to London and do a little bit of traveling around there and become a true Brit and really just live my best life abroad. Um, I don't know if many of you guys know, but I never really got to go abroad in college. I did go abroad to Asia the year before college, but I never did the whole European study abroad situation. And this was kind of it on steroids, except that I would get paid to do it. (laughs) So it was all going great. And I think one of my first episodes I filmed in London, I actually talked about how hard of a time I was having adapting to the UK and just life overall there. And... I just wanted to say that I did adapt and (laughs) I actually really am upset that now I have to stay home. So when the whole pandemic broke, I don't know how much you guys keep up with the news, but the UK was a little bit slower to react compared to the US even. So I was still allowed and honestly almost encouraged because of the whole like herd immunization, I don't know what it's called, thing to go out and go to restaurants pretty much up until the very end of March. So when it came towards, I believe it was the last week of March, um, the U.S. basically issued something saying that if you weren't living permanently abroad and you were an American citizen, you should consider coming back. And this was around the time, um, late March, early April, where people didn't really know how serious this was, how long this was going to last, if it was going to be a full year thing, if it was just going to be a couple months. So my company essentially offered us the option to stay in London if we wanted to. 
or we could come back to the U.S. After all, we were working from home, so it really didn't matter where we were. So for me, I decided that I wanted to stay in London because I was having such a great time. I had a friend that lived across the hall. Two other of my friends lived in my building and were kind of on the same boat. And then I had a few other friends that lived around the city. And I, it was really starting to feel like home. London felt like my place. I had all my stuff there. I understood how things worked. I had my favorite takeout spots. So I stayed and the first week I kind of just developed a routine. A couple times a week me and my friends would get together, watch a movie, drink some wine. Um, since we couldn't really go out, I lived pretty close to Hyde Park so I'd go on runs at Hyde Park and really had a little setup in my apartment where I had a standing desk and a sitting desk. Everything was going really, really good. So when that statement came out, my first instinct was, I'm going to stay. Um, I didn't want to leave. I also, just because my apartment was in London, right? So if I were to come here, I would have to move back in with my parents. And I knew how much I was going to have to be working in the next month. So I was just thinking about having so many people around and not being able to focus and not having my space, which I am so used to having. I moved out of my house the moment I turned 18, so I really haven't been back home for longer than a week since then. Um, so there were a lot of factors that kind of went into me deciding to stay. So later that day, I got a couple phone calls from my friends asking me if I had lost my mind. <laughs> and I, I tried to kind of defend my decision to stay. Um, and they all just didn't get it. And part of me thought that the reason they didn't get it was because they weren't in my situation, which is true. It's very hard for people to understand what you're going through when they're not in the same situation. And everyone sometimes in the same situation would take different, um, different, would make different decisions based on it. So I tried to let it go. I tried to not let it get to me and I called my mom and my mom basically said, do whatever feels right in your heart. And staying kept, had me very calm. So I kind of stood my ground by it. Then I had a couple other calls. So I had some family members call, some parents of very, very close friends call because they were concerned, begging me that if I could, I should really, really return to America and I still was trying to really stand my ground also because if if you know me personally and if you can tell I tend to be a little bit stubborn so I don't know how much of this was me really feeling comfortable with my decision or me just being stubborn um, I also tend to stand by decisions that I make so that's kind of how that went and then I later that day, I was 
still talking to some people and I started talking to my friends that were in London in the very exact same situation. And the first one to bite the dust was one of my friends and she basically called me and her and I from the start of this pandemic when it really started to get serious, we both had talked about possibly going home and why we would go home and why we would stay. We were both very on the fence. Her parents were also very supportive of whatever she did and tried not to influence it. So she called me and she said, hey, I just booked a flight for tomorrow and I'm going back home. We don't know how long this is gonna last. And I just keep thinking if we're isolated to our apartments for, let's say, a month and a half, our apartments in London are pretty small as opposed to if I go home, I have my house and I have my backyard. And I was like, okay, so she's gone, but I still have all these other friends, right? And then as the night went on, I kept getting calls from people being like, I booked my flight for first thing tomorrow, I'm leaving. I booked my flight for first thing tomorrow, I'm leaving. And one thing that was going through my brain was, um, there is no freaking way these people are packing that quickly. Like, how are you packing overnight? You brought your entire life to London. Like, you live here. Um, so that part, and I also started to think that maybe I was wrong. Um, so kind of going off of that, I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I finally came to the decision that if everyone that was in the same situation was leaving... And I had very concerned friends that were leaving. Realistically, it could be that I was stuck in that tiny apartment in London for a month and a half completely by myself now with no friends in the city whatsoever. Um, so I ended up deciding to come back. With that said, I did want an extra day to say goodbye to London in a way. Because at this point, restaurants and things like that were closed, but you could still walk around and keep social distancing. So I scheduled my flight for a couple days later and came down to my family's home. And my family's actually in another one of our homes in a completely different city, but I am down in Florida by myself, one, because I need the peace and quiet, but mostly because I'm still working UK hours, and UK hours in Florida sounded a lot better than UK hours in Colorado with a seven-hour time difference. So here we are. Now, I am still completely alone because I know no one in Florida, so that has been fun and interesting. I do I do want to say that for the first three weeks that I was here, I was pretty much working nonstop. So I did not really miss human interaction because I didn't have time for human interaction. I was pretty much working 18-hour days and that included weekends. So it was okay now that I, one, have a lot of time in my hands, and two, have no one to waste it with. <laughs> it's really starting to hit me, but with the extra time that I've gained, and I know I think it's important to say that 
we shouldn't feel that we need to be productive and we shouldn't feel that we need to use this time because everything that's going on, nothing is normal about it, right? Like I would never be in this apartment if it wasn't for this pandemic. And for me, I think it's particularly weird because I was in a rotational program that was going to end in beginning of July and I was kind of certain of what was going to happen, right? So I knew I was going to be in London for six months and then I was probably going to take a off-program role somewhere else. But now I'm in a position where I'm not in my apartment, so I can't even hang my clothes in a closet, really. Half of my stuff that I have for an apartment is sitting in storage in Boston, and I have no idea when or where my next job is going to be or start. Like, no clue whatsoever. Like, my next job could be anywhere in this entire country. Um, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to move in July when the time comes. And just there are so many open variables in my life right now. But with this extra time, I think it's even though the time I spent in London wasn't nearly as long as I had hoped. And I was really hoping that living there was going to force me out of my comfort zone and kind of teach me some other things about myself. I think having the time now alone to sit and think about it and not even just thinking about London, but thinking about the past two years since I graduated college, kind of the person I was then versus the person I am now has really been helpful to me in thinking about my life in the future. And the first thing I realized I needed to do was mourn London and mourn the fact that I didn't get the experience I wanted. And I think we're all very much in that state where a lot of us, I'm sure, had things planned and I can only imagine the people that lost their second semester senior year of college or senior year of high school and are the people that are graduating college and are getting their offers rescinded or just people that had plans in life, as I'm sure we all did, or at least things that were certain that was going to happen, rather like you didn't have a plan for post-grad or for after college, but you knew for certain that you would be graduating and that you still had six months with your friends. So I think it's totally okay for most of us to take some time to mourn that loss and mourn the loss of certainty or of whatever experience you lost through this whole situation. Um, it's not easy and hopefully it's something we only experience once in our lifetime, but it's okay to be sad and it's okay to miss college or miss going to school 
or miss things that were supposed to happen and didn't happen. So I think at first I was really trying to stay positive and not really think about how sad I was to leave London and I almost went through a week where I was just angry. Like I was angry at myself for leaving and I kept telling myself I should have stayed. I shouldn't have listened to anyone. I would be happier there right now completely by myself than I am here. And I think a little bit of that was also just adjusting back to life in America because I had gotten so used to and start as I said, London started feeling like home to me. So I started getting annoyed that I couldn't take the subway anywhere, which is honestly unrealistic because I wouldn't have been able to take the subway in London. And I had gotten very into running, which I never have been before. And it's really hot in Florida. So I was annoyed that I couldn't run. And then I was annoyed that I couldn't run at the park. And then I was upset that I couldn't order from my favorite restaurants. And I think London kind of ruined pizza for me because I had some really, really good pizza there. And it's very different from the pizza here. So I was upset that I couldn't order Zia Lucia. Um, there were all, just everything was getting on my last nerve. And I think that applies to everyone too. As I was talking about having to mourn it, it's okay to also be angry. So I basically went through this these few days where I was just very angry. So then what I started to do to curb my anger is I started working out a lot to kind of, one, get that energy out, and two, just get my mind off of it and completely forget that I ever lived in London and look very forward to what's to come and kind of plan my forward life. After a few days, and it was kind of a day where I was just laying on my bed trying to fall asleep and couldn't fall asleep, that's when I reached the stage of being very sad. And that's when I realized that I had to mourn this experience as I was talking about earlier. And I actually sat down and started to think about everything that London and just even though my experience was short, I think everything that living in a foreign country and just interacting with different types of people has taught me. And the other day, I decided to kind of sit down and write that. So after I was kind of done, um, I want to say there was a full week where I was just very upset and I was doing anything and everything to fill the void of what I had from London rather that was eating Indian food and eating Lebanese food and watching shows that took place in London so that I would remember and being sad about it like I would watch shows that took place in London and just be like, oh, that street that I used to live in, that this, that that, or like, I know exactly where that is. And I even noticed, because I was also watching another movie that takes place in Boston, 
And I think that's when I kind of got out of that was it took place in the North End, which is where I used to live in Boston. And they stopped in all these little places and they were walking down the street. And I remember just looking at that and sit and thinking, I know exactly which street that's on. That street has this, this and that. And in a way, it made me very happy and kind of gave me hope that that's as this all is over and I come to terms to the fact that part of my experience was taken away from me is that that's how I will look back on the little bit of my experience that I did have there. It'll be exciting and fun because I know exactly where that place in the movie is. Um, so as time went by, I came to terms with it a little bit. I still am upset, but we are looking forward and onwards and kind of thinking about what the next thing is. And that's really when I was doing some retrospective life analysis. And I went through everything that London has taught me after listing all the things I loved about London and about my life there. So these are more things I liked about my life there and not necessarily about the city itself. And I think I've said London like 10 times in this podcast. Can you tell that I miss it? <laughs> but I think one thing about my life there, and I touched on this on my very first podcast while I was there, was the public transportation and just the ease to get places, but also the lack of a rush to get places. I just felt like no one was on a huge rush. Yes, it was very easy to get places, but anything on the tube is honestly 20 to 30 minutes if you add in the walking portion. And it didn't feel like a waste of 30 minutes. If you talk to anyone, even in Manhattan, most people are like, oh, it takes you 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back. That's an hour out of your day. And that just wasn't my mentality there or anyone that I was with's mentality. So I think that was one thing that I loved about it. And then also going off of that, just the balance between work and life. No one's living this fast paced life. No one feels the need to be crazy successful. People feel the need to do a good job and to live a good life. I think a lot of the times people in the U.S. have this drive to be very successful and I think that is great because that's why we have so many startups that start and so many new inventions that happen but at the same time we sometimes forget to optimize our happiness and just our overall quality of life which I found I was very good at doing when I was there and I don't know if it was the place or the people I was surrounded by or just the pace of the city but it really helps me so I learned to take my lunch breaks which I never did before and I think I touched on another video. I also really got into going out on a lunch run and just exercise in general but not in a way to overdo it. So I really enjoyed going on walks and runs 
because I enjoyed the fact that that was 30 minutes that I could go see a new part of the city and be outdoors, which is, I'm not a super outdoorsy person. So it wasn't even the aspect of liking to be with nature or anything like that. It was the aspect of running around the city and getting to see all these different things. And I thought it was quite fun because I remember when I would run in the mornings in um, my neighborhood, and I lived in Kensington, I would see all these little kids on the way. I would run pretty early, so it's more on when I was running back to my apartment. I would see all these little kids dressed in their little British school uniforms, and just seeing that made me, like, happy and content and just something I wouldn't see anywhere else. And my office was by the river, so I found a little spot one day when I was running during lunch at the office that had an area for you to go and sit and have lunch by the river, which was actually very close to my office, so I would have never found that if I hadn't ventured out on my run. So exercise really became something positive, and I think... My runs now that I'm here have become something that I get to call my friends and catch up for the 30 minutes and now that I'm getting better at running because quite frankly, I sucked at it before. Um, now I can actually run and talk to a certain extent. And then another thing that I really liked about my life was the concept of food. And I think there were various aspects of that. One was eating out was so much cheaper than eating out in the U.S. With that said, buying food at the supermarket, like fresh food, was more expensive. But eating different foods and going to cool restaurants was way, way cheaper. And the variety is something that you can honestly only compare to the variety you get in New York. So I really liked that, and I liked that people, the people I was with were always willing to try different cuisines and always down to grab dinner on a random day of the week. Um, so I liked that, and I liked that it was cheaper, but I also liked how it wasn't a worry. No one there, at least the people I was surrounded by and from what I saw, no one is obsessed with eating organic and obsessed with the green juice and obsessed with the salads and even finding good salad places in London wasn't a huge thing I think because if people want a salad they'll just make it at home it's a salad um people will go out to eat more elaborate plates so it wasn't a huge concept or something that was in my brain and that comes from someone I've always struggled a little bit with my weight and just have always been very focused on eating healthy, making sure I have a balanced diet. And now I think it's taught me to just appreciate food. So for example, I won't eat bread that comes frozen, not because it's unhealthy, but because that doesn't taste like good bread. Like it's frozen. It's just it's not really good bread, but I will go and eat a full baguette if I want to in the morning. That's a fresh baguette. Um, 
and kind of the same goes for pasta. I've been eating a lot of pasta, but different from the amount of pasta I ate when I was in the North End, which a lot of it was from restaurants, but even the ones that I would make at home would normally be just regular like boxed pasta. Now I've migrated to a lot of just having fresh pasta and just everything I have for food is appreciating the good quality of the food as opposed to what the food is. And I don't know if that makes much sense, um, but I think that does kind of go hand in hand with something else. It's just like they treat food as food and not as a diet. And that kind of ties into everything else in my life there. I feel like I had a lot more simplicity in my life when I was there. And that came from everything that I wore. And I've always been a very simple person when it comes to my outfits. Like I have the core things I go to and I wear. Um, but I think there it became even more obvious just the way people dress in general. People are always well-dressed, but never super overdressed. No one's ever trying too hard. Um, I think that, and I really embraced also just the simplicity of their skincare too, compared to the US where you're using a thousand different creams. I think a lot of people there really embrace aging. Granted, a lot of people there smoke, which is not good for your health and ruins your skin. But it was just, I felt that my life was a lot more in balance and that I didn't have to try so hard in my life there. And that's what I really appreciated and what I'm trying to keep with me with my life anywhere I go and really bringing back little things like bringing back hobbies so for me I noticed that for meeting people there people really have hobbies and they take time to do their hobbies and to talk about it so I've really gone back to little things I like to do and one of them is dancing ballet so I went back to dancing ballet. There was a ballet studio that I used to go to when I was there and now they're doing some online classes with everything going on. So every day I do 20 minutes of it and I've gone back to singing, which is something that I enjoy doing and music. I hadn't stopped. I always listen to music and I think anyone that appreciates music or has more of a musical background or plays an instrument sees music in two different ways. You're always listening to it. You always got this happening, but you don't always stop to appreciate it. So just certain artists and their artistry and the lyrics and just um, even the other day I was scrolling through Instagram and I think it was Martin Garrix posted a video of him just playing the guitar and just the guitar was so beautiful like the sound and I realized how long I hadn't stopped to appreciate music which is a huge hobby for me um so that's another thing that I loved about my life there um oh I forgot to talk I wrote everything I loved about it and I also loved that 
they had markets um, and that goes hand in hand with the food just like going to these little markets and getting fresh stuff and a lot of hanging out with my friends there um, and I that was probably just the people I was surrounded by was walking around during the day just walking like with nowhere to go just like oh let's go in this little market and try this and go for a walk and talk and like maybe we'll go down to the park if it was sunny out it didn't even need to be warm because honestly one of my friends and I, I think walked the entire day once and it wasn't even remotely warm it was pretty cold I almost bought a jacket I think at some point because it was so windy um and as I said, my life was just so simple and easy and even with going out culture is I was going out so hard in London. I'm not going to lie. We were going out until 4 a.m. every night or like we'd end at 2 and then we'd all come back to my friend's apartment and keep drinking and go to bed at five. So I was going out very much so more than I did in the US and probably since college. But for some reason, I wasn't exhausted and it didn't feel like this crazy, insane night. It's almost like the entire night was more mellow and just chill but enjoyable. I just felt like my nights out at the bar were just much more enjoyable and we weren't worried about being to the coolest bar or being in the bar that's the most poppin'. I don't, like, it was just, everything was just so enjoyable and balanced and I think that's what I learned and loved from my life there that I hope to keep as I go forward and that's what I encourage everyone to do when you're kind of mourning the life that you had and you lost is what did I love like what do I miss so much about that life and really think about it and think about examples of why and just how can you keep living that life going forward once we're able to all go back to a remotely normal life. And if there are certain things, like I'm sure for people that are just graduating college, where, oh, I love that I lived really close to my friends and I could see them all the time. And that's clearly not the case in post-grad. But if you can see things that maybe you can implement and just overall keep having in your life in the future is do it and I was reading a book the other day and they had a very beautiful quote that I think applies to this and anything going forward and it's by the founder of Caudalie I don't know if I said the name of the brand right but it goes every age can be enchanting provided you live with it. And I think that's the key takeaway that I wanted everyone to have from this episode is share a little bit about how this has all affected me 
and how I have somehow in a way tried to make it positive even for the things that I can't fix or change. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do is it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to miss the life you have. But what can you do with all these things that you're learning about yourself? And really learn to make every single age and every single period of your life and every experience enchanting because you're living with it. Like soak in everything that happens to you. And sometimes that'll make you mad. And sometimes that'll make you sad and frustrated. But let it become part of you and help you grow and find the life that you really want to be living. Um, so I'm sorry if it was a little cheesy, but it's kind of, I've been feeling cheesy because I've been feeling very nostalgic. So I hope that you guys can take away what you can from this episode and find that enchanting life that you will hopefully live with in the future. That was it for our episode today. If you guys want to see more, we have more episodes on Apple Music and any other source where you can find podcasts. I'm pretty much in every single platform. And I will talk to you guys in our next episode.